0: In today's episode, I am chatting with Nellie Harden. She is a family life and leadership coach, and her focus really is helping parents uh, of teen and tween daughters. She also works with sons, but primarily daughters. She is a mom to four teen daughters herself, uh, and it is quite a journey she has been on. And it is a fascinating conversation because we, yes, we're talking about how you help those teens and tween daughters, but what actually we're talking about more is how you as a mom have the confidence to go into that next phase of parenting, the second half of childhood, as she calls it, because there is a whole lot that goes into that and that transition as your kids start to age into that second half of childhood. It is so fascinating. She The way she describes everything, the way she explains everything is super clear. She has some amazing analogies. It's going to be a super helpful conversation. It's a great chat. Here we go. To the Around the Campfire podcast. They say it takes a village to raise a child, but I believe it also takes a village to raise a mom. I'm your host, Jillian Benke, the founder of Mom Camp, and each episode I chat with busy moms who are doing awesome things in life and work. Join us for real conversation and community because this is your village. This is the Around the Campfire podcast. Hi Nelly, and welcome to the Around the Campfire podcast. Oh, hi! It's so great to be here. Thank you. Well, thank you for being here. Can you start by introducing yourself? Who you're a mom to?
1: All the things you want to share? All the things. Um, well, that's a big that's a big list. But uh, so my name <laughs> is Nelly. Uh, I live down on the east coast of the U.S. in North Carolina, and I have. Four teenage daughters who are wow. uh 13, 15, 15, and 17. Holy right Moses. Now. So there's there's a lot happening in the house all the time. That's a lot
0: of estrogen going on. <laughs> <laughs> yes,
1: yes, it is. Um, so yeah, that is that is kind of my my home world. And we have moved, we did live in the middle of the country. We moved over here about seven years ago. We homeschooled for mm. seven years. This is actually their first year um out of home. Oh wow! If that makes sense, yeah, yeah. And um, so yeah, it's been an it's been an interesting and amazing road. And then um, I work in the field of helping uh families, helping parents raise, uh teenagers, in particular young women. And mm-hmm. so um, yeah, young women, teenage girls, uh, really second half of childhood. So, mm-hmm. that's really where my entire world lies right now.
0: <laughs> no kidding! Amazing. Now. Did you start that business and that work once your kids became teens? Is that sort of where that came from or how did you get started?
1: No. So, uh, that's a, that's a long chronological story, but I will <laughs> sum it up for you. So, um, you know, I grew up, my dad passed away when I was super young. Uh, mm. I was only one and a half when he passed oh, away. Wow. And so, uh, in my mom got remarried. I had a brother and sister and all of that. But when I left home, um, I really was not equipped. I wouldn't have told you that I wouldn't have known to have the language back then, especially as a 17 year old. But um, when I left home, I really wasn't equipped with the foundation to have that worth or that esteem or that confidence in myself And then that led down to some, you know, pathways of uh, Mm. chasing worth, which so many of Mm -hmm. us can resonate with, right? And then that then in turn led down to many, many, many years of dating myself here, but many, 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 many years of uh, healing and trying to come to terms with things that happened when I was uh, chasing worth. And then all of a sudden I had four daughters I was raising and i was okay. like okay cool and um so not only am i an adult that's trying to build this foundation for myself now which is really hard to do um because the cement of the foundation be it faulty or strong of your your childhood i call it the 6570 that's how many okay. days we have in 18 years uh,
0: okay. so
1: yes and so whatever's built in the 6570 gets really cured and hard And then you have to break that up in order to create new as an adult. Mm -hmm. And so when I had four girls in four years um, back in, you know, 05 to 09, I just looked at them and I was like, okay, you know what? I want to make sure that this foundation is put in you in your 65, 70 so that you will have a foundation to you know, lean on launch from stand on and build on for the rest of your life. And so that's really kind of where everything uh, happened. I really had that revelation. My husband went into cardiac failure in his early thirties and we were sitting in the waiting room and, um, this was in 2010 and we were sitting in the waiting room. So I had four kids that were four and under, and we didn't know if he would make it or not. It was kind of a last ditch effort. He had been going through things for two years at that point from his first ICU visit. And then I was like, okay, like, this is the time that we have. We know time is fleeting. I mean, just, I grew up without, you know, without a dad and, you know, it was a car accident. So it was just boom, you know, right away. Mm. And then um, he might, might not make it or, you know, might or might not make it. And so, I was like this is our time and this is where we need to go and my entire background is in biology and psychology and behavior okay I was just using it in the animal realm and when I first started my career I was in marine mammalogy and oh, wow. so I um you know I I joke and say I went from humpbacks to humans and uh <laughs> it got messier along the way yeah because <laughs> humans are so much more messy um but uh that's really so around 20 2010 to 2012 is when I really started all of this so the girls were much younger then
0: mm-hmm.
1: and realizing though, how many resources are for the younger generation? I mean, sorry, younger kids, first half of childhood. And there is a distinct difference in how parenting and how parents show up in the second half of childhood versus the first half. And there isn't as many resources. And so as I was going along in my own journey and then uh, witnessing what was happening out when uh, the groups I was doing uh, family disciplines with and things Mm. like that, I was like, this is, this is where we need to kind of focus. Yeah,
0: absolutely. It's so true. Cause I mean, like, so my kids, my son is almost 16 and he will be 16 by the time this airs. And my (laughs) daughter is 13 and a half. And it's that thing of like, there's this whole thing of like, you're letting go and they're becoming more independent. Mm -hmm. And then you're sort of figuring out what's the right level and how, much you know, like, and what do I need to say to like, they know that they're always supported and like, you know, it's, there's, it's, there's, it feels like there's just so much, like once they're, when they're completely with you all the time, it seems now looking back, I'm sorry for the moms of young kids that are going to tear their hair out when I say this, but it almost seems easier because at least like it's within your sphere of control. Right. Yes. But and all of a sudden you have to think about, oh my God, like we're, five years away from them going and, you know, potentially. Yeah. So, so the way I put it in,
1: and, and so first half of childhood, you're building life for them, right? You're spoon feeding yeah. them life. You're just yeah. doing And it's exhausting. I mean, I'm not going, yeah, it's totally exhausting. And there's mental, emotional, physical, spiritual, all the things, right? Mm -hmm. But second half of childhood, it becomes a partnership and you're doing it with them. You're building their foundation with them during the second half. And you have to
0: trust as well and recognize that you're actually raising humans. Yes. Who shouldn't need you as much once they get out, right? Right. So they're going to become their own people and that's a win, but oh God, there's a release there. <laughs> like, yes. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's
1: just kind of like, you know, uh, you know, for so many people, I've heard this so many times like group projects are hard, right? It's right, like, yeah. I grew up, you want something done, do it yourself. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, when they're like eight, nine, 10, you get this group member that comes in and is like, oh, I'm doing have this opinions. with you. And yeah, they have opinions, they have ideas and everything much more than they had before. And they have much more control because they're in the outside world a lot more in the second mm-hmm. half than in the first half. It's a lot more influences, distractions, temptations, all the things, right? And so you all of a sudden have a partner in this job that you didn't really realize. I call it the great transition because it's sneaky, yeah, right? Totally. There's a big transition. When they come in, there's a big one. When they leave, but there's a sneaking one in the middle.
0: A hundred percent, it's so true. I mean, even even when the kid like, there's even like a younger phase. That first time you go to a birthday party, and the mom's like, "Okay, so pick up at like four or whatever." You're like, "What? Like, I don't have to sit here with you? (laughs) Like, (laughs) I have some like there's like you know, it's like there's whole that's sort of when it begins for me is like the the drop off, and then yeah, yeah, it really it is challenging. So, okay, like. Like we said before we hit record, like I, I, you know, this isn't a parenting podcast, but I do right. find this fascinating. And I know a lot of people listening are in this phase of life as well. So how, like, how do you do it? Yeah. <laughs> That's a better question.
1: Just how dot, dot, dot. Exactly. <laughs> well, Because, you know, your audience is in here and all of you listening are here because uh, you are a parent, right? Mm -hmm. You're a mom. And it's really hard, especially second half of childhood, to feel like you're not losing your mind. And you actually still have value and worth yourself because Mm -hmm. sometimes either your child or hopefully not, but sometimes them or the world can tell you otherwise, Mm -hmm. right? And so – how do you do this? How do you kind of stand up in your own uh, confidence, your own foundation yeah. of worth, esteem and confidence. And it, while you're trying to build somebody else's right, it's kind of totally. like uh, saving a drowning victim, you know, when yeah. you're
0: out there and it can be really hard. So, so what I'm is- going to just, sorry, I'm interrupting you. And that's so rude. No, you're fine. But I just like, I was like, I don't want to lose this thought because I went through this as a manager when I mm-hmm. went from worker to manager, I mean, obviously still worker, but I had to let go of the doing, mm-hmm. but I actually lost my self-worth. Cause I was like, if I'm not doing, what am uh-huh. I doing? What, where's my value? Right. And then I had to learn that the value was in the guiding. Yes. Yes. Right. So, but it's, and I talk to people as they're making that transition into management now in my job job, um, because it It's a weird mind shift. And you do go through this, like, ah, I don't have value and I'm not doing anything the way I used to do it. So, like, what, like, I'm going to get fired because they're going to realize I'm redundant
1: and, you know, like all of this
0: stuff. 100%. There's a bit of a parallel there, right? Yeah.
1: Absolutely. And, you know, take something as simple as tying shoes, like when they were little, they would sit there, you would tie their shoes for them, and they would go. And then as you know, they hit that middle childhood, and then they're tying their shoes and leaving anyway, but you taught them how to do that, right. Mm -hmm. And so it really is this, this um, unique place that you'll never get back again. And the 6570 is a training zone. Like we were mm-hmm. saying, you know, you want to get them to a place where they are independent, where they have their own ideas, where they know how to communicate those ideas, where they see a challenge, they develop a plan in order to go through that challenge and get to the other side of that, right? And so our job as parents in the second half of childhood, especially, is that training and a lot of parents give up during the second half mm. of childhood and they're like they they view their child as just a smaller shorter adult and that could not be further from the truth yeah and there's so, a lot of development that needs to happen oh in that. so much yeah. development and literally not just development like us adults we go through um personal development leadership development right. you know no,
0: all like those brain things. development
1: Right. Like they're not and equipped they have- to
0: make some of those. decisions. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah.
1: They actually like don't have the brain parts yet, yeah. you know, to make those. And so we then as parents need to step into that new role of guide trainer teacher Mm -hmm. instead of that doer as much. And it's not overnight and it's this weird, like back and forth. I often talk about it. Like, um, you know, you are standing on the shore and your child is out in a boat during the second half of childhood. There's a rope connecting you. And sometimes you got to bring them in and then you let them out a little bit more and then something happens and you bring them in, but that's when you're training them how to, Get through the storms, how to navigate everything, how to use the instruments and tools that are at their disposal, how Mm -hmm. to give them the confidence in order to go out on their own adventure. And then at the end of the 65, 70, the rope is done and they go off, right? And you become much more of a consultant in their life instead of the guide teacher. So how
0: do you build the confidence as a mom to be that? Yeah, when your whole identity, a lot of times, not all mm. the time, but it has been that that sort of manager. <laughs> do you know yeah. what I mean, like that in it with them doer. Yeah,
1: just look at yourself like you got a promotion. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> you got a promotion, and you know the pay is the same. So there's right. that. Um, <laughs> more but...
0: work, less pay. <laughs> no. Yes, because now and you're paying so for them to much go out more. And do things. <laughs> yes. Oh my goodness. Yes.
1: And so much more emotional work. I, that's, mm-hmm. I feel like, one of the biggest things between first half of childhood versus second half of childhood parenting is the emotional work that goes in. Yeah. Especially with um, raising young women because their emotional centers are on high alert during this time, mm-hmm. much more than um, young men, but young men too, don't get me wrong. Um, But yeah, so you got a promotion and your, sh- your role has just shifted. And so instead of... I'm I don't have my own worth anymore. Right. And so Mm -hmm. worth is um, uh, every human that ever is or was or will be has these five needs that they have. And it really ties into their worth. And that is I need to be seen and heard and loved and belong and have a purpose.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Now, we as adults have those needs, too. And those can be challenged during the, you know, uh, second half of childhood because they're not listening, your kid's not listening to you as much as you, you know, once had their captivated attention. You're not having that, uh, you know, maybe bedtime routine that you had, and it was all love and kisses and, you know, all the things anymore. So as an adult, as a mom, you need to then find, okay, so my role has shifted. How are my needs going to be met? Mm. Also at the same time, those needs are, massively exponentiated in your, uh, second half of childhood kid, uh, because of that brain development happening, that okay. frontal lobe is just developing, right. They're still relying on that, um, you know, monkey brain, uh, so to speak that really, um, uh, the older brain it's in the back by the brainstem, mm-hmm. they're still relying mm-hmm. on that for their fight or flight. And that's yeah. why you can get, I just said this, why are you blowing up at me?
0: Right. Mm-hmm and we had that this morning whoa (laughs) that's a lot of anger coming at me for a simple question (laughs) yeah
1: yeah And I feel like the more that we can understand about the brain development, the Mm -hmm. more we can understand, not give excuse, right? Mm -hmm. The last thing that we want to do is give them the excuse that then they put on that crutch and they're like, oh, well, I'm 16. My brain's not developed. So, you know, deal with it, right? We don't want that. But if we can understand, and then we can help develop new tracks, because that's what's happening. Mm -hmm. Their neural networks are being laid right now. So if you just give them up and say, oh, you know, and I've heard it so many times. I was sitting down at lunch uh, last year, I think, and I was sitting in back, you know, the booths were back to back. And there was this woman behind me that was like, oh, I don't even want to talk about my kids. They're just teenagers and they're doing stupid teenager things. And I just leave them alone and they'll learn from the school of hard knocks. And I'm like, oh, Ouch. <laughs> you know, it's <laughs> like that will teach them things. But are they the things that you want them to be taught? Mm-hmm. You know, And of course I didn't say that I, she was obviously not in a place to listen or anything like that. And she was having a hard time and that's understandable. It's really hard to be a parent. It's our biggest job. I call Mm -hmm. parents architects because we're literally planning, designing, and building the beginning
0: of someone else's life, which is a really big deal. And it's, it's, you're making a human. Like it's it's not just when they're cooked in the, like in utero, it's like you're making a human for life. Yes. And so if if we're
1: the architects, this is our project. The 6570 Family Project, that's our project, right? Yeah. And so understanding, okay, my role has shifted, my needs need to be met in a maybe a different way than they were before. Mm-hmm. And I really need to be able to reach out and help them fill their needs, right? Mm-hmm. If my kid needs to know that, you know, he or she is seen. Maybe when they walk into the kitchen, I'll put my phone down, I'll actually mm-hmm. look at them in the eye and use their name, right? Mm. It's so it's it's such a psychological response when our names are used
0: mm-hmm.
1: that they're like, "Oh, wait, they're talking to me, right? Yeah. I'm important enough. I'm worthy enough for them to be actually addressing me."
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And when they wear something new, maybe they change their hair or a a shirt, you know. (laughs) I wish my son would change his shirts. (laughs) (laughs) I get that from a lot of the young (laughs) men. And aren't those the same pants as the last nine yeah. days? Yeah, yeah, whatever, you know. Yeah. And, um, but noticing these things and really having them feel again, those, you know, uh, seen, heard, love, belong, and mm-hmm. purpose.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so that's worth. And then the next layer, it's it's this three-tiered foundation you're making. That next layer is esteem. And mm. esteem is value and appreciation of yourself. And if we can do that as parents, then we can really help our kids do that too. Right. So, as a mom, you want to value and appreciate yourself. And that means trusting yourself. Mm -hmm. And if we, every relationship ever is built off of truth and trust, and that has to be with us too, as a parent. And so what were those things that you wanted out of Mm -hmm. this time? You know, what were those things that you wanted to be experiencing as a mom, experiencing as a family, experiencing just as a woman, then say those things and actually do them right Mm -hmm. and then we can really start to build that trust and truth within ourselves so we can value and appreciate ourselves yes and trusting uh i mean you know everyone when we got on here today anyone that's listening to this it's always a thought and then a feeling and then a decision and then a behavior and Mm -hmm. then, then a result right that is how it goes But you can use that system in order to make sure you're actually going in a way that builds trust in yourself as a parent and then helping your kids do that as well. And so if you start to have, you know, you had this thought come in and then you start to have real big feelings about it, kind of check yourself at each one of those, like, hold on. What am I actually having feelings about? Am I upset that my kid just was super sassy to me or am I upset because I'm feeling kind of down in the dumps because of this other thing today. And then that was just the icing on the cake and Mm -hmm. I'm taking it out on them. Right.
0: Well, and is it that I'm not feeling seen or heard, right? Like you go back to those roots. Like, is it one of the five things that I'm not getting right? Yeah. Is it threatening my purpose? Because if my purpose is to raise this human, and I feel like that's being threatened, right? Like, oh, I could tie, I could tie connections to this all day. Oh, this yeah, is fascinating. Yeah. And it's so good too because part of why, like, I I started Mom Camp to help moms put themselves back on their own priority list, right? Mm. And so often in that first half of childhood, raising the first half of the kid, yeah, uh, <laughs> then just the legs, like, exactly. <laughs> that's right. That's right you know then you sort of like everything is for them and you kind of do forget. So what i'm seeing is so many moms going, "Oh, okay, and making changes and starting to put themselves on that priority list while mm-hmm. their kids are still just the legs." Yeah. And so, you know, and then they're setting themselves up for more confidence and more strength because they will already be living that truth for themselves and like mm-hmm. the trust and truth within themselves because they've done the work in the first half, right? Mm. And so then when they're faced with, you know, cause so often your kids start to go out and do their own things. And if you haven't done that work, you're like, uh, then who am I? Mm. Right. And you sort of have that crisis of identity yeah. and then you don't have the trust and truth in yourself. Right. So the earlier we can get moms doing the work, right. And building that trust and truth for themselves and putting themselves on that priority list, right. the better we'll be for raising of the teens. Right.
1: Absolutely. And think about what you're teaching your child too. If you put yourself on your priority list, you're teaching them that you are a priority. Yes. They will respect you more for that Mm -hmm. than if you are just, so there's this octopus, I know it's silly, but there's this octopus. I love your analogies. that, (laughs) That when, uh, the female gives well, it doesn't give birth, but lays eggs. Mm -hmm. She watches over those eggs so intently that she begins to dissolve into the water around her, right? And so I call it octopus parenting. And you see that sometimes where these parents are, especially especially the women, especially moms, they are so intent and then they just dissolve into everything around them and they lose who Mm -hmm. they were right? They lose who they were. And it's okay to have yourself like I am identifying as so-and-so's parent, right? Because Mm -hmm. this is a big, big job and you need to do that, right? But when all of a sudden, and I see this now because I have a 17 year old. And so I see some of these parents that are having graduating kids and they're the mm. super, you know, very they're volunteering very much- for
0: everything. Yes.
1: Yeah. yeah. And I'm just like, what are you going to do next year? Like, I'm really, like, I'm just going to come over and hug you. Right. Because I feel like, it's going to be a really, really, really hard transition mm-hmm. next year. And don't get me wrong, I'm going to be a super slobbery mess outside my daughter's door oh, next year 100%. where she goes off to college. <laughs> but I've also developed enough in my own life and what I am doing and uh-huh. my missions and my passions and ministries and all these things that I have my own two feet to stand on. I'm uh-huh. not borrowing her legs and living yeah. vicariously through all of that. And so that's really, that's really tricky to do as parents too. So yeah, put yourself on your priority list. Discover what your passions are. You're so you know yeah. interested and excited to discover your kids' passions, but discover your own too. Mm-hmm. What are what are you you know excited
0: about out there? One of the biggest things for me that just like was a bit of a gut check is I thought if my daughter specifically um, grows up and chooses to have children, mm-hmm. how do I want how how, not how do I want I'm not in control but how (laughs) would I love to see her as a mother Mm, mm -hmm. and it's taking care of herself as well it's not yeah you know becoming the mom taxi 98 percent of the time and saying oh gosh I can't book my own doctor's appointment because I've got so many things to do for the kids you know like even the fundamentals right I want her to feel that sense of balance and you know figure out How does it work for her and her partner? And what does Mm -hmm. that look like? And then raise her own kids to have that, you know, like I want to set that sort of legacy because I don't want her to feel like she has to give everything up really and lose her sense of self in order to be a mom. Right. Yeah,
1: Yeah. absolutely. The other day I was talking to my uh, 17 year old and she just happened to say we were, I don't even remember. We're talking about the house, I think. And, uh, she was like, yeah, mom, like she wants to have kids, but she's like, I'm not going to have four kids. I'm like, that's cool. I Fair. was like, yeah. I was like, I'm not going to lie. It's hard.
0: <laughs> it's really yeah. hard to have yeah. four kids. Yeah. And, and um, Sam will want four kids and that's yes, awesome. Right. Yeah.
1: Like, absolutely.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but it's just funny because she, she has seen that she's the oldest. So she's seen me the longest as a mom, mm-hmm. you know, and we went through infertility for a few years too, before we had kids. Wow. And so you know, for anyone that's listening, that's been through that, that is such a, it's, I mean, that's a whole other discussion, but the point is you become a mom years before you become a, you know, a mom to a physical human being right there. And so when you're carrying that, I mean, my daughter is 17, but I've really been, you know, being a mom for Mm -hmm. 20 years at this point. Right. And so, um, it, you know, there's some, emotional fatigue that comes with infertility and then there's the joyousness that can come if if you ever do have any Mm -hmm. right I know plenty that never do and go adoption or what have you totally um but yeah there's there's that piece that comes into
0: yeah oh man I feel like we could talk about this for hours it's awesome (laughs) it's so fascinating so good I love that you bring in the the (laughs) what is it mamal what is it marine mammology Mammology? yeah (laughs) which doesn't have to do with octopus but yes (laughs) I guess yeah because they're not a mammal right very good point yeah very good point but yeah like it's still sort of it's that awesome analogy that sort of the idea of dissolve everything I love what you're saying it's so good okay I have some questions that I ask all of my guests okay um and one day this will be the most inspiring mom's coffee table book ever but awesome. uh, not yet. <laughs> so how do you define balance for yourself and your family? Um,
1: I am a person that really, like I, if I am emotionally or mentally stressed, I feel it physically mm. very much so. And so um, I get sick, I get migraines, um, whatever it is, mm-hmm. I feel it. So For me, I know if I'm in balance, if I'm feeling physically in balance and so, and that's going to look different literally every day.
0: Yeah. And
1: so I don't, that's the thing with, you know, being a mom and parenting, don't get used to a routine because it will change. Right. Right. But always be in pursuance of what is going to be best for right now for you, but also know that it's going to change.
0: Mm -hmm. Um,
1: I mean, when they're super little and you get them on a feeding routine and then you're like, Oh, well now we have this, right. And then I got a cold
0: and everything's out the window. Yes, (laughs)
1: Yes. absolutely. So um, be in pursuance of that, but also know it'll change. And if you, how are you feeling? Just do those checks. I really recommend having some alone time every single morning mm. as a mom. Um, so not can... always easy. No, it's yeah. not. In fact, I met a father not too long ago that, um, his kid gets up at six and yeah. he's like, he just naturally gets up then he goes, so
0: I get up at five thirty, So I can have right. that time to That's write how in we journal. do it. Right? and do self-reflection. Yeah. My kid's always been an early riser. And so I've been up at five 30 to get that, you know, either the mom camp work, done or the workout or whatever, but yeah, mm-hmm. it's the same. It's hard.
1: My morning routine saves me every day. And mm-hmm. so, and if I don't have that, then I definitely feel off balance.
0: Okay. Yeah. All day. Yeah, yeah. totally. Okay. So that is self-care. What, uh, what else does self-care look like for you?
1: Um, for me, it is thinking, honestly, I mean, Mm. I, I work out every day, so that's definitely a part. And if I'm not moving my body, I don't necessarily feel it that day, but I starts to accumulate real quick. And then I start to get resentful of Mm. myself and you know, the worthiness starts going like, why couldn't I just, you know, pick up a weight or whatever it is that I'm doing. And so, um, so physical, but also just time to think I, as a parent, I think that is one of the most undervalued things that Mm -hmm. we um, can put aside Uh, just like sleep when they're younger thinking when they're older, it can be really hard. And I'm not talking about stewing over, you know, any argument that you had or uh, you know, swirling down the downward spiral of what am I doing? They're leaving and all of this stuff. I'm talking about really thinking for yourself, like pondering, what what do you like to learn about and then go read something about it and think about it right mm-hmm. and critical thinking and this is a whole other you know topic but critical thinking is definitely being put on a back burner and that's not something that we as humans can afford to be on a back burner no, and true. so having my giving myself time to think and then also encouraging my girls to just have some time mm-hmm. to think. And, you know, you don't always have to be entertained. You know, the phone always doesn't have to be on when you're on a long car ride or at nighttime, you know, that hour before bed, like just sit, read, think, do something, but don't be entertained. You know, I, right. I want your thoughts to come out, not a bunch of thoughts going in.
0: Nice. Yeah. There, I heard a quote, it's similar, but like create before you consume, mm-hmm. right? Like it's that consumption of media versus you know, putting something out back into the world, you know, whether it's just your thoughts or whatever. Yeah. I love it. Awesome. Okay. What is the biggest lesson you've learned as a mom?
1: Oh, wow. (laughs) Should have prepped for this one. Um, that's, you know, I, I say it, I teach it, but it's another thing to just live it every day that you are raising Other humans, Mm -hmm. and it's really easy for parents, and and um a a lot of them that I work with, you know, are they've outwardly said, "I'm actually just raising her," um, knowing the holes that I had when I was being raised, Mm -hmm. but the holes for her are going to be different than the holes. And she's still gonna have holes. And she's still gonna have holes. yeah. Yeah. And so just really understanding how can I, and I have. Four daughters. I call them four corners of a square. They're all very different, even twins in the middle. And so, how can I raise them to be the best versions of themselves, Mm -hmm. right? And not myself, and not who you know their friend told them they need to be. Version of
0: you, yes,
1: like really giving them the space to explore and work together. That with you mentality in the second half of childhood. How can I help you become the best version of
0: yourself? Amazing. I love it. Okay. How can listeners connect with you, follow you, you know, hire you to help them and their families? What does all that look like? What's the best Do way all to, the things. to connect? Yeah. <laughs> um, I like to
1: keep it simple. So everything is on my website. Um, awesome. and that is com. You'll find my communities on there. Um, and, uh, I have, um, parent master classes that are on there and all the information you need, you could find right on nellyharden.com.
0: Fantastic. Thank you so much. I, like I said, I feel like we could continue talking for hours. I think this is fascinating. I think what you do is awesome. You have a great way of just putting it into such easily digestible and accessible language. Like it's just, so thank you so much for what you're doing and what you're teaching and what you've shared here today. It's just been awesome.
1: Oh, thank you so much for having me. This was a great conversation.
0: All right, mamas, that's it for today. For more info about this episode, you can check out the show notes at momcamplife.com podcast. Hang out with us on Instagram at Life, And if you love this episode, please share it with your friends. Thank you so much for tuning in and join us next time around the campfire.